This is Scott Becker with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. I'm thrilled today to be joined by a remarkable leader. Uh, we're joined today by Dr. Monica Jane. Dr. Jane is both the Surgical Innovation Officer at one of the most prestigious healthcare systems in the world. She's also a partner with a venture capital effort and firm. She's going to talk to us about her efforts, where she's the most focused, the role of innovation, where she's most excited about what she's watching in innovation, and a lot more. Dr. Jane, can you take a moment to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your roles and your career and your background? Of course. Hi, I'm Dr. Monica Jane. So I am an assistant professor of surgery and the surgical innovation officer at Cedars-Sinai Medical Center in Los Angeles. And I'm also a partner in a venture fund called Wavemaker 360 Health, which is also based out of LA. Um, I actually came uh, from a background of engineering. I did biomedical engineering for undergrad, have always had a love for engineering. Um, but while I was in engineering, I felt that I really loved working with patients more than I um, liked sitting at a bench and tinkering with things. And so I ended up uh, transitioning from biomedical engineering and went to medical school. And from there, fell in love with surgery, did surgery training, general surgery, followed by endocrine surgery, and now am a practicing general and endocrine surgeon at Cedars-Sinai. Throughout my uh, career, uh, with my love of engineering and my focus on medicine, I felt that there was really a need to combine the two. Um, and I'm really passionate about bridging the gap between those who develop innovations and those who actually utilize those innovations in healthcare. Um, and that's where I uh, came to become the Surgical Innovation Officer at Cedars-Sinai, where my goal is to enhance the culture of innovation at our institution. I work on collaborations between specialists and also engineers and other specialists outside of healthcare to bring them into healthcare to develop new healthcare innovations. And I also have programs related uh, to human-centered design, uh, education, um, and other types of collaboration programs. Um, as a partner, I also uh, do a lot of medical due diligence and do a lot of mentorship and uh, advising for uh, companies uh, early stage healthcare startup companies uh, throughout the healthcare innovation ecosystem. So, so what a fascinating mix of, of goals and efforts and, and this beautiful intersection. When you look at this coming year, what are you most focused on? What are you most excited about? I mean, you've got such an interesting cadre of things that you do. Talk a bit about where you're most excited about going forward. Sure. Um, I think that 2023 is going to be a great year for healthcare innovation. Um, the pandemic has really spurred a culture of change in, in healthcare overall, where really anyone and everyone understands that they can innovate and actually have a passion for innovating and are doing so. And so we're really getting out-of-the-box solutions that are coming from different areas in healthcare that are really advancing the way that we practice medicine. Um, the baby boomers and the pressure on the Medicare budgets, as well as the economic changes, have also really led to um, a lot of, one, fantastic talent being available to early stage healthcare startups, um, but really to uh, open the doors for more disruptive innovations and real progress forward. Um, so I think 2023 is going to be fantastic uh, from the innovation standpoint. Thank you. When you look at trends in innovation, what are you looking at? What What's top of mind for you? Uh, so for me, I think there's two topics that are really top of mind. The first is human-centered design, which is something that I really have a passion for, um, but that recently 
um, has really come to the front and center in healthcare innovation because of um, burnout and uh, healthcare work, worker shortages. Um, so there's not uh, really kind of a push of innovation on healthcare, but designing with the end user in mind. And so this kind of leads to a bunch of new innovations in a variety of areas, everything from uh, digital health solutions that allow physicians to process data easily um, to uh, robots that may help nurses with their um, workflows in the hospital and so much more. So human-centered design has really come front and center. And the other thing that I'm really interested in is um, this push forward in terms of patient autonomy and giving patients charge of their own care um, and giving them the tools to understand not only what's going on with their own health, but also the tools that they need to adhere to a healthy life. Um, and I think that that's really big um, that's come out of the pandemic in the past couple of years. Thank you. When you think about innovation, talk about human-centered design, how much do you think about in pharmaceuticals, therapeutics, devices? Where else does your mind go in terms of thinking about innovation, or is it most focused? Uh, I'm really focused on um, digital health and medical devices. Um, I think that that's where the real innovations are in these past few years and in the upcoming few years. Um, pharmaceuticals have always been an interesting intersection and are always working on new ways to treat uh, disease. But I really think that um, the path forward in the modern healthcare environment is in digital health and medical devices. And again, just making it easier for people to practice medicine or to understand and uh, adhere to treatment regimens and things of that nature. And that's really where digital health and medical devices come into play. And when you think about sort of medical devices, talk about your particular area of excitement and interest. Sure. Um, so there's a few different things that I'm interested in. One is the um, continuous application recently of AR and VR in medicine. And there are many different applications for this. A lot of those applications are in education, but I also feel that a lot are in making it easier in, to uh, practice medicine. So that can be to visualize images in a way, uh, in a 3D manner where we've been stuck in 2D for so long. And that really allows us to better understand patient anatomy and pathophysiology um, to tools that allow us to uh, better uh, work in the operating room. I mean, I'm a surgeon and I love the idea of having augmented reality to help guide my operations and make my operations that much more um, efficient and uh, cost-effective as well as obviously safe for the patient. Um, so I think that there's some really interesting applications in those few areas. Um, the other part that I'm also really focused on is ergonomics. Um, ergonomics has a real um, effect on uh, physician or caregiver burnout. And it's something that hasn't really been discussed a lot in the past. Um, there's a real physical burden, especially for surgeons and proceduralists to be uh, taking care of patients, doing really long operations with poorly designed tools. And so I think ergonomics is something that's very interesting when it comes to the medical device space, either re-engineering the devices that we already use to fit a wider population, um, which as the trends show, there are more women in healthcare and many people of different shapes and sizes who are providing medicine. Um, so uh, either re-engineering the tools that we already use 
or to provide tools that um, allow better ergonomics for the physicians. Um, anything from robotic surgery to, again, the augmented reality displays and things of that nature. Thank you very, very much. And then on the digital health side, we've talked a bit on the device side. On the digital health side, what are you most excited about? I am really a big sucker for data. I think data is really the solution for um, a lot of the uh, issues that we're having right now and really the ability to, um, again, advance the practice of medicine. And so all of these data, digital health solutions that are allowing us to mine data, but then also analyze the data in a way that is easy to understand, both for physicians or other providers and also for the patient. Um, so anything that allows collection of data as well as the analysis and um, delivering data in a straightforward manner um, and allowing us to mine the data to provide better solutions for more patients, especially those with maybe rare diseases, um, I think that that's a big digital health area focus right now. You have this sort of remarkable perspective in career. Tell us a little bit about Where'd you go to medical school, your residency? Give us some of your background, because trying to understand what leads somebody to be so smart, so motivated, so centered. Tell us a bit about your background and how you got to where you are today. Sure. Um, so I come from a family of engineers. I did my undergrad at Boston University in biomedical engineering, as I mentioned, um, and then actually did the um, Eng Medic program at Boston University, which allows you to um, apply to medical school from undergrad. Um, and do a couple uh, classes of medical school while you're still an undergrad so that it eases the transition from engineering into medicine. Um, so then I stayed on at Boston University for uh, medical school as well. And Boston is just a very innovation rich environment and is also at that intersection of engineering and medicine between all of the schools that are there, the big industry players, and also um, has really been at the forefront of healthcare for a long time, Massachusetts was one of the first states to have universal um, health care coverage. And um, I think that that was a fascinating place to go to school and really develop a passion for healthcare innovation and human centered design and understanding a lot of the pressures on the healthcare system from many different perspectives. And so you do a lot of things between surgical innovation officer, also looking at investing and being a partner in a VC firm. Take a moment, and what, what keeps you motivated and excited day in, day out? Are there days where you're just exhausted from it all? Or are you able to keep yourself really positive all the time? How do you make that balance work so you stay so grounded and positive? Well, the thing that really excites me the most is uh, new healthcare innovations and seeing people who are really passionate about developing something new and focusing on a problem in the healthcare system. I think that that really drives me every day. And it's so exciting to be at the forefront with these really early stage companies and seeing what the future of medicine looks like. There are definitely days where I am burned out and exhausted. Um, some of that has to do with just the general practice of medicine. And, you know, when you're on call and you're up for 24, 36 hours working and taking care of patients and operating, sometimes that can get a little exhausting. 
Um, but coming back to understanding the future and seeing how so many people are working to make healthcare better for everybody who either practices in it or needs to benefit from it um, really drives me and keeps me motivated. Dr. Jane, I want to thank you for joining us today on the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. What a remarkable career, really incredible. We're looking forward to watching you further, and we can't wait to have you back on again to talk about some things you're following in the device area, the digital health area, and also at Cedar sinai one of the great institutions in the country. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much, Scott. It was a pleasure.